Welcome to the Be Free program where you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Hi, I'm Lorena Roschke and I'm excited about a special guest I have today. Uh, This is the second time to have her on the program and I've got to tell you the quick little story for those of you that didn't hear it the first time. My husband um, went to Dr. Sandy's house and uh, did some work for her and uh, he uh, she got gave him one of her books and she's written over 25 books and so she gave him one of my books and signed it and and all of that and i was so excited but um so he gave it to me he told her about my my ministry and i brought he brought it home i said well that's really cool and i thought i put it aside because i thought i was already reading like i don't know how many books at one time and i said i will read that later well it's probably Probably a year went by, and the, and the Holy Spirit said, you need to get that book out and read. I had been praying for more revelation of the cross and what Christ did and what it meant for us. And I'd been seeking it out. I'd been studying it in the Word, and I was getting revelation. But the Lord said, I want to, I'm going to give you more revelation when you read that. Okay. And so I did. And then after I read it, I said, Lord, I want to meet this woman. And of course, my husband was not, uh, he could not give me her address or phone number. It was against company policy for whom he did the work. <laughs> and so I was like, no, Lord, I want to meet her. So if God did not bring her right into a meeting where I was, where I was leading worship at a Glow International, and the only seat left available was really right there, right next to me. She said, is this, is, do you have a seat available? I said, this one's available right here by me. And when I looked at her name tag, it said, Dr. Sandy Kirk. Well, I went crazy. Dr. Sandy Kirk, I've been praying to meet you. She says, you have? And, and I was just like, just bubbling over, so excited. And I said, I've read your book. And I said, I'm so glad to meet you. And so she is an amazing woman. And, and by the way, that was a kiss on the forehead and she's become my new friend. But let me tell you a little bit about Dr. Sandy Kirk. Uh, She earned her BS and MS degrees at North Texas State University and her master's in theology and PhD in mission theology at Fuller Theological Seminary in Pasadena, California. She teaches in churches and Bible schools throughout the world, bringing teams of young revivalists to minister wherever she goes. She taught courses at the Brownsville School Revival School of Ministry and now holds internships for both older adults and the younger generation at her camp in Alabama. And uh, Pastor John Kilpatrick, who who pastored the Brownsville Revival uh, that that went on and God is still using and there's an anointing and a revival still going on. But the Pensacola Revival uh, was for, uh, they went on for five years like every night. Uh, but he wrote the foreword uh, or endorsed her book that says, Dr. Sandy has brought a fresh revelation, as well as present-day honor, I love that, honor to the shed blood of Jesus Christ. I believe Undone should be a textbook for all Bible students. I love her great passion for the cross of Christ. And this book, Undone by Revelation of the Lamb, is awesome, but she's written a whole slew of other ones. But this one, it's just so powerful. It will affect your life. It will impact you. It will change you. And, and before I bring her on, you need I'm going to tell you, you need to go to behold-ministries.org. Behold-ministries.org. And you can get all this wonderful teaching and revelation. But so... Um, Dr. Sandy, I'm so glad that you are here today. I welcome you back. Thank you for blessing and ministering to our audience, Elder, and being led by the Holy Spirit and for all that you do for the body of Christ. Welcome. Thank you, Lueda. You know, when you were naming some of the degrees that 
I earned through the years, um, I thought to myself, yeah, but you don't know the other side of that. When I came to the Brownsville Revival, when I walked into that, that church and the Holy Spirit just flooded the place, I mean, God was everywhere. You know what the first thing I did was? What? <laughs> Fall on your face? <laughs> I fell on my face. Yeah. And for, I think it must have been an hour or two, I repented over an intellectual spirit. Wow. So I don't carry, you know, I'm glad mm-hmm. I have the degrees, but I, yeah, because it equals the playing field a little bit with, with men that don't believe women ought to right. preach. I mean, you know, it helps a little <laughs> in my generation anyway. Right, right. <laughs> you understand. But, you know, most of all, we have to be broken of those things so that Jesus can shine through everything. Mm-hmm. So do we have a scripture for today, Lloyd? Yes, we do. Uh, we are going to talk about, here's the definition of the pure gospel. Yep. That Paul gave us in 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 3. He says, I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received. So he had to receive it first. He received it from God. How that Christ died for our sins. That's number one, according to the scriptures. And he was buried. Number two, he died for his sins and he was buried. And number three, that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. So he died for our sins. He was buried. He rose again the third day. And it's all according to the scriptures. And that's the pure gospel, that's Dr. The gospel. Sandy. That's the right gospel. Right there. Boom. And you know, a lot of people think that anything that we say that's Christian, any little message, any sermon that's Christian, we call it the gospel. You know, sometimes you'll hear, send me your money so I can preach the gospel all over mm-hmm, the world. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And yet I listen and I go, wait a minute, I don't hear the gospel mm-hmm. <laughs> in what mm-hmm. you're saying. Mm-hmm. And, and the scripture you just read is Paul's definition of the gospel, the death, mm-hmm. the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And then he said, and God gave it to me. I received it from him. Yes. Amen. Can I give one other scripture? Yes, ma'am. To go with You've this led today? by the Holy Spirit. <laughs> In fact, I think I'll just kind of describe it. Okay. But it really comes from uh, John 1, 29. One day, just picture this with me, everyone that's listening. One day, we, a young man, burly, bearded young man, was out preaching in the midst of the Jordan River. <laughs> and he, he's baptizing people in a little while. But he looks up and he sees Jesus And when he sees him coming, he lifts his arm and he points at Jesus Christ and he proclaims, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. John, what are you saying? I mean, can you imagine? All these people have gathered. It's a beautiful spring day. But here is John, this prophet that Jesus said is the greatest prophet of all. (laughs) Why? Because He's proclaiming the greatest message. Charles Spurgeon said the greatest message ever preached was just those words. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. So here he is, and I think the people are going, John, what do you mean? He's the Lamb? I mean, because all through the scriptures, they had always had lambs. Mm-hmm. You know, lamb's blood everywhere. Mm-hmm. And, and so all of that, everyone, are you saying the Passover lamb speaks of Jesus? Mm-hmm. Yes. The, the sin offering speaks of Jesus? Yes. The atonement offering speaks of Jesus. The, the burnt offering mm-hmm. speaks of Jesus? It all speaks of Jesus 
Christ. Yes. And here John was announcing it. He is the fulfillment of all the lambs that we have shed all through the Old Testament days. And of course, God planned it before the creation of the world. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, I love it. I so, love it. So that's kind of where, what we're thinking about today. Yes. Behold the Lamb of God, the church's greatest need. Yes. It's to behold the Lamb. So are you beholding Him? Yes. I'm yes. asking the listeners. Yes, yes, yes. Are you beholding the Lamb? Are we behold, is the church beholding the Lamb? If John was the greatest prophet, and Spurgeon says the greatest message ever preached was what he said, behold the Lamb, then... Shouldn't the church be beholding the Lamb today? Mm-hmm. Shouldn't Christians? Mm-hmm. Maybe we're missing something. Remember what, mm-hmm. what God said through Zechariah, Zechariah 12.10? And they shall look upon me, the one they have pierced, and mourn as one mourns for an only son. Mm-hmm. Well, who's the pierced one? The pierced one's Jesus. Yes. So yes. it's a call to behold the Lamb. Mm-hmm. When it says mourn, it means repent. Yeah. Get right with God mm-hmm. and be washed in his blood as we behold, as we rivet our eyes on him, as we look at him, as we gaze on him. As, just like John did in, in Revelation, he looked and he saw the Lamb of God. And that's, that has such a profound impact for the church today. Mm-hmm. And I believe it's the purest form of the gospel mm-hmm. that we can preach to behold Jesus. I, I do too. And Dr. Sandy, uh, in that scripture, in, in John chapter 1, and it's verse uh, 29, where John says, Behold the Lamb of God, which takes away the sin of the world. In my commentary there, in my Bible, uh-huh. it says, after Behold the Lamb of God, it says, Proclaims Jesus as the sacrifice for sin, in fact, the sin offering, whom all the multiple millions of offered lambs had represented, which is what you just said, animal blood could only cover the sin. It could not take it away. But Jesus, offering himself as the perfect sacrifice, took away the sin of the world. He not only cleansed acts of sin, this is good, but as well address the root cause. So we no longer have to obey our flesh. We no longer have to. Jesus Christ dealt with the principle of sin. He dealt with the root of it, Dr. Sandy, by offering himself as the lamb of God. Yeah. And, you know, to be specific, the Lord, the father took our sin, placed it on him. Mm. And then he became the substitute as he was punished in our place. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I can't get over that. I can't either. I first started reading about this by John, reading the works of Jonathan Edwards, oh, I don't know, what, thir- at least 30 years ago. So could I just say a word about sure. a, a little story of how I got so impacted by just understanding yes, the it. cross, the blood, most of all the Father's cup? Yes. All right, so I was reading Jonathan Edwards. And he began unpacking. He had a sermon, kind of an obscure sermon, and it was called Christ's Agony. And he just took me into the Garden of Gethsemane, Mm -hmm. where Jesus prayed the night before, where Jesus sweat blood. Mm -hmm. So intense was this prayer between God and God, Mm -hmm. God the Son and God Mm -hmm. the Father, that blood was squeezing out of his pores, oozing out of his pores. So I see that as probably the, the most important prayer he ever prayed because no other time do you ever see blood 
covering any of his other sin, uh, other prayers. Mm-hmm. Covers our sin, but mm-hmm. he was praying, and that was the first issue of Lamb's Bullet. So I'm just reading all this from Jonathan Edwards, and he talks about the Father's Cup and how all through the Old Testament, the Lord was showing, even showing Jesus now in the Garden of Gethsemane, himself as the roasted lamb, mm. himself as the fourth man in the furnace mm-hmm. of the three Hebrew boys there, Nebuchadnezzar's fiery furnace. Remember that? Yes. And, and then how he would be cast into the furnace of God's wrath. Now, now, let me pause real quick and say, don't take that as though God was some cruel, vindictive, avenging God that, that was angry with his son. No, it's the greatest act of love ever, ever happened, ever happened on this earth mm-hmm. or in eternity. It's when God the Son came down and gave himself as that lamb. And so God took our sin and poured it on him and then punished him in our place. And I can't get over mm-hmm. that. Our substitute. Okay. Yeah, our substitute lamb. Mm-hmm. So here was, I was studying all this and I, I couldn't get over it. I was a young Bible teacher and I couldn't wait for Easter time to come so I could, really wasn't so much Easter, it was just where we were going in the life of Christ study I was teaching. Couldn't wait. A couple of weeks away, but we were going to get there. And I, I was learning all this about the cross. So one day, I visit a Methodist Sunday school class. Now, I'd been Methodist for years, um, United Methodist Associate Evangelist. And I'm visiting a Sunday school class. And a man says, because Easter was coming up, this man says, I don't see what the big deal is about Jesus dying on the cross. Lots of people have died on crosses, and we don't worship them. Mm. What are you going to say? Do you have an answer for him? Mm. Why is the cross different, the cross of Jesus? Why is it different? So the class starts talking about it, and they're saying, well, you know, he, he, all of his, his disciples ran. The Jewish people rejected him. He was scourged with that terrible whip. He was uh, rejected by all the people that he came to save. He took our sin. They went that far. And that's about as far as we usually go. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I'm sitting there going, Lord, i got to tell them what I've learned about the Father's Cup because they, they never mentioned that. So, I, I, and by the way, thousands of people have been crucified on crosses. So he had a point. Mm-hmm. But what are we going to answer him? The answer is in the prayer of Jesus when he prayed about the Father's cup. That was the subject of his prayer. Mm-hmm. Father, if there's any other way, please remove this cup from me. And you know, I've been learning this from Jonathan Edwards. What was in the cup? What were the ingredients in the Father's cup? So finally I waited a while and then I raised my hand and I said, May I, I know I'm just a visitor, but may I tell about what really happened at the cross and why Jesus' cross is different from all other crosses. Mm-hmm. Sure, they said, yeah. I think I stood up because I was just, I was burning with passion for what I was getting ready to say. So I started out by saying, it was not just the scourge with his bits of, bl- of bone and metal that ripped out great hunks of his flesh and left him shredded. It was not as, as he was being prepared as the burnt offering shredded and cut in pieces, because that had to happen. 
It was not just the fact that Israel and Jewish people and his disciples all ran, except for the mother, the women that were there and at the foot of the cross. It was not just the fact that our sin, as horrific as this is, was placed on him. But as said, most of all, above all else, is God opened heaven. He poured first our sin upon him, you know, as the sin mm-hmm. offering, but then he opened heaven and fulfilled the Passover offering mm-hmm. and the burnt offering mm-hmm. for those times in, in, the, in the Old Testament when the fire came down from heaven on the burnt offering mm-hmm. and, and just lit the place aglow mm-hmm. with the fire of God. So I'm telling them right now about this cup, and I said, God opened heaven, and not only did he pour our sin upon him, but he roared wave after wave after wave of his punishing wrath upon his innocent, beloved son. It broke the Father's heart. It broke Jesus' heart, but it it's the very thing that saves us because he he, t- well, we could say it so many ways. He paid for our sin. He was punished for our sin. He was the substitute for our sin. He took it all. Mm-hmm. And when people say, "Well, I don't believe in hell," you know what? They're denying what He did on the cross. Right. When people yeah. say, "I don't believe in sin," they're denying what Jesus did for us. Mm-hmm. And that's why, in fact, it talks about in Revelation fourteen ten that all who take the mark of the beast will drink of the wine of God's fury, which has been poured full strength into the cup. Of his wrath. That's mm-hmm. Revelation fourteen ten. Mm-hmm. I mean, this may sound like a heavy subject, but when you let this penetrate your heart, it changes absolutely everything. Mm-hmm. It gives you a reason to serve God with every fiber of your being. Mm-hmm. It, 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 let me tell you this story of something that happened. No, I better stay with this story, and then I'll tell you the <laughs> other one. So I'm sitting there telling the class about what what happened when Jesus, why his cross is different, what it makes it sets it apart from mm-hmm. all others. And uh, finally, you know, the class is like, wow, please come back and teach us next week. And I came back for a couple of weeks and taught them all about it. But it's what happened to me. It absolutely changed my life. I had been teaching subjects like, well, I'll just say, they're great Old Testament subjects, the tabernacle and the glory and the presence. And that's all good. And that's, but that's all a result of what Jesus did. So I'm sitting there in Sunday school. Now I go to church and I'm, I'm just sitting there. Tears are just rushing down my face. Every fiber of my being is trembling, shaking, burning. And I said, God, I thought I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, what was it, 10, 20 years ago, but this is different. This is a fire. I know I received the Holy Spirit, but I don't remember receiving fire. This mm-hmm. is the fire of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. It's like something hadn't been completed, but when I really gazed at the cross and then didn't just look, but it came out of my mouth. Mm-hmm. It came from my heart, my spirit, mm-hmm. out of my mouth and spoke to the to people in this little Methodist Sunday school class. And so every fiber of my being was trembling. And I'm not really talking about the, the kind of trembling when the Holy Spirit comes down, you might fall on the floor and shake. You know, I always say, I don't care whether you shake or not. I care, does your heart shake? Well, my heart was shaking. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, I said, Lord, this is, this is an encounter with God through the power of the cross like nothing I've ever experienced. And don't say you can't have an experience with God. Read the Bible. That's right. It's filled with experiences. <laughs> That's what they wrote about. You know, they fell on their faces as a dead man. They, you know, the power of the Holy Spirit came and they all overflowed in the language of their hearts. And, and so it goes on and on. And I said, God, all I know is this is amazing. And I want to give my life 
for the rest of my life. I repented to him. I said, I, I'm sorry that I, I teach, taught all these peripheral subjects, all these side issues, like you mentioned before, like the issues that flow out from the centrality of the cross. Mm-hmm. I said, God, I promise you, for the rest of my life, I'm going to teach and write and meditate and preach about Jesus Christ and him crucified. Like Paul said in 1 Corinthians 2.2, 2, I didn't even realize I was saying what Paul said because Paul had made that same mm-hmm. resolution, mm-hmm. that same determination. And so I made that commitment. It's been over 30 years, and, and so that's why I've written 25 books. I don't have anything to say, but I have a lot to say about the cross because mm-hmm. he just taught me through the years about the Father's cup, about the ingredients of the cup, about the cry he gave from the cross when he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And so that's why I wrote that book, Undone. And in fact, I'll, let me just hold up a new one. This is just a little short one I wrote. Mm-hmm. The Lord showed me that I needed to write a a little simple book that's just on the Father's cup. Mm-hmm. So it's not as deep. It is as deep as Undone, but it's um, it's still simple, mm-hmm. very simple. And so I, I, I recommend it if, if you're, yes. you're not a big reader, but you really want, in fact, I have this in an audio book as well, but you really want to get the depths of the cross. So that's what I mean when I talk about beholding the Lamb. Charles Spurgeon said, the piercing of the heart begins when we look upon the pierced one. Mm. So I believe with all my heart that it's time. The greatest need in the church is to behold the Lamb of God mm. again. I love that. Again and again for the very first time. Yeah, over and over and let <laughs> yes. it flood you and let it overtake you. Uh, you know, Dr. Sandy, I was thinking about him being on the cross, and be, he was our substitute in the, the Father's cup that he drank down. It wasn't because, and, and I, I know we know this, but just in case somebody was watching, I don't want them to, or listening, get yeah. it mixed up. It wasn't Jesus's sin he was paying for. Jesus had no sins to pay for. That's he right. was paying for, he was taking on the penalty and the wrath of Gent because uh, a, a sin cannot stand in a, in a holy, within the presence of a holy God. So God wanted us back. He wanted us to be with him. He wanted That's us to right. have a relationship right. with him. So he had to send Jesus. Yeah. And it had to be somebody that he, he had to be sinless. Yeah. Right? Because uh, he so loved us, Dr. Sandy. He wasn't willing for us to be apart from him through mm-hmm. sin that entered the world, that he sent his only begotten son, that whosoever, anyone, whosoever shall believe on him, shall be saved. Confess your sins, be saved. And But it wasn't, Jesus didn't pay for any sin he committed because he never did. That's but right. he paid, and I think about this, it's, this is mind-boggling. I think about, okay, if he only came down and paid for my sins only, well, I can't even remember all the sins I've committed. <laughs> You're right. I can't enumerate them. Yeah. Every single sin I have ever committed or will ever commit, he paid the price. Now, I have to avail myself of yeah. that. Yeah. I have to take that forgiveness right. and make it my own. I have to confess and receive him and, and receive that forgiveness. But it, okay, so like this, this just really gets me. So it wasn't just every single sin that I have ever committed that there's no way I could enumerate. 
I don't know how many books could be written about it. Probably a lot. <laughs> yeah. But it was, and it wasn't just for everybody in my family, every sin they ever committed. Mm-hmm. Every sin that everybody in my city ever committed. Every sin that everybody in my state committed. Or my nation or the nations of the world, not only just the sins of everybody alive in humanity at this moment, it was the sin of the entire history of humanity, of every person that's ever been born or ever will be born. When he was on that cross, he took the entire penalty, the wrath that God had against the sin. It's the wrath against the sin that he poured out that wrath upon Jesus, his son, for that. Oh, my goodness. I, my mind is just, it just can't take it in. It really can't take it in. But it's because he loves us so much. And just as you said, God is holy. I think our, our vision of God or our understanding of God is too small. And we think, oh, God, you shouldn't have done that, or you should have done this, or you, you're cruel because you did that, and, and we're blaming the wrong person. Mm-hmm. But God is holy, and he wanted us near him, and so his son had to pay the price mm-hmm. to wash us and cleanse us mm-hmm. and heal us and deliver us so that we who are unholy could come into the presence of a holy God. Amen. And you know, when he died... The veil of the temple was rent from top to bottom, meaning come on in. Yeah. Come yeah. on in. Oh, you yeah. don't have to stand without. And listen, if you've never accepted Christ as your Savior, today's your day. Your day. Today is a day of salvation right. for you where you repent. You come to Him. Lord, I need you. Yes. I want you. I'm hungry for you. I need you in my life. I confess my sins. Oh, yes. I give it to you. I give you my whole life. My past and my present and my future, forgive me. Wash me. I take you as my Savior. I believe you died for me. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer or if you need prayer for anything else, call our prayer line at 866-241-0579. 866-241-0579. You can go to uh, Dr. Sandy's uh, uh, ministry uh, website at... Uh, behold-ministries.org behold-ministries.org you can get a hold of her to come minister you can all of her books and her ministry uh, and then uh, on our website as well lueda.org l-o-u-a-d-a.org we have lots and lots of stuff out there her heart and my heart is to minister to you to build up the kingdom it's not about building a big ministry or a big kingdom Amen. or a lot of money if there's a lot of money I'd have quit a long time ago Yeah. if that's what I was in it for I'm in it for his glory, to give him the reward of his suffering. So, and so exactly. is Dr. Sandy. So uh, I invite you to do that. Also, if you would like to give to uh, my ministry or Dr. Sandy's, uh, you can do that on our website. And uh, we're so appreciative. We thank you for helping us. Don't go away. We'll be right back. <laughs> 